Hi, friends. This week we continue our series on voices from principals here and abroad. And I'm so excited to introduce you to a good principal friend, Treloc Olinard from Ireland, in just a few minutes. But before I do, I wanted to just remind you that as we're wrapping up this semester in the summer, I open up applications for the Principal Matters Mastermind. And Aaron Igo, who's the assistant principal, Piedmont High School in the San Francisco Bay Area sent this reminder of why you may be interested in joining a Principal Matters Mastermind. If you've ever heard the saying, surround yourself with people who make you better, that's what the mastermind does for me. Each week, I end my day with a group of extraordinary humans who make me better. They inspire me, challenge me, teach me, listen to me, and understand me. We know that to become better leaders, it starts with ourselves, and we've got to invest in ourselves. In the mastermind, we learn how together, and then go do it. So if you want to become a better leader and learn how, invest in yourself and join the mastermind. It'll become your favorite part of the week. Thanks, Aaron. If you are interested in joining a mastermind or any of the other resources that are offered through Principal Matters, including presentations or keynotes or my books and resources, you can check out all of those options at my website at williamdparker.com. And you're always welcome to reach out to me personally at my email at will at williamdparker.com. Again, I'm really excited this week to bring you the second in a series of podcast episodes recorded with principals across the globe about their experiences while leading during a pandemic. And some of these conversations took place several weeks ago. So some of the uh, information that you'll hear in this episode, for instance, was um, right before the beginning of March 2021, but a year anniversary for when schools across the world we're shutting it down. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And thank you again for doing work that matters. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 239. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about the principal experience here and abroad with my special guest, Treloc O'Lenard. Treloc O'Lenard serves as principal of Kalashta Gobnatan, a second level high school in Southwest Ireland with 235 students. He has been principal there since 2017 and deputy there since 2012. In addition, he teaches classes in French and English and his master's thesis was a study in experiences of school principal experience. Treloc O'Lenard, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. I would love for you to fill in the blanks on that intro and tell listeners something else that they may be surprised to know about you. Well, I'll tell you, Will, it is a, the biggest pleasure to be in attendance with you here tonight. I, I, I must say, I, many many's an evening I've spent out for a walk listening to Principal Matters and learning from you and picking up some tips and and you know applying it to my own context. So thank you very much for having me on board. Um, something interesting. Look, 
there, once upon a time I had aspirations of being a professional footballer or, or soccer player, as you would put it, but um, and actually touched on the national team. But, you know, I guess my my focus went elsewhere after that. Oh, well, that's great to know. So if I ever want to know anything about real football, I'll call my friend Trey Locke. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, Trey Locke, one of the reasons that I'm so excited to reach out to you is because as a listener of Principal Matters, we've corresponded and we stay in touch via Twitter and by email. And I've been so impressed with the work that you've been doing in your school. And, and I want to jump into some content in just a minute on the thesis that you focused on in your master's. But before we do that, I would really like to unpack for listeners, how are things going at your school? Because as I talk to principals here and globally about serving during a pandemic, it's always interesting to me to hear those stories. So how have you found ways to stay connected with your school community, even while you're managing protocols during a global pandemic? Well, I, I must admit, Will, it's been pretty challenging. Um, if you looked at me now, in, in advance of the first lockdown, you would have thought, okay, he's probably the same. He's, he's looking out towards the end of the school year. Um, and then when the 12th of March came along, all schools closed in Ireland, and we tried to operate remotely. Not very well, I must admit. And luckily, the way it played out was in, in the way of um, calculated grades, is what we called it. Now, it was a fix and it worked to an extent, but I was delighted to, to be able to experience maybe getting ready then for the new school year when it came around. So we, you know, we, we got our, our platform ready, Microsoft 365, um, and my team and I managed to put things together, together in time for September. And by doing that, it, it now allows us to serve our students a bit better from a remote point of view. So for now, we're managing, just about managing to keep connected with people using that platform. Um, we also make phone calls, send emails, you know, and give people opportunities to give us some feedback. Um, so on the whole, it's working out, but I would be a bit concerned about some of the students who don't engage so well, whose broadband connection maybe isn't so strong, but we're aware of them and we're, we're trying to help them too. So in the short term, when do you guys feel like you're going to be able to start stepping back into what we used to call normal, which I'm sure will never be normal again with all of the things we've learned about virtual learning? Well, essentially, it's it's a bit of a political football in Ireland at the moment. There is some talk of the 1st of March, which will be Monday. Um, so it's likely that the senior students will return. So they'll have their big um, state examinations this year. So it's looking like they'll return. Now, students in what we call special education, so those who have you know, additional needs would have returned to school already in, in what we call special schools. Um, so a certain cohort of those students will return next Monday. Um, so that's good news. So bit by bit, Will, we're, we're getting back in there, um, and, but we're really looking forward to getting back on the campus, even if we have to wear masks, which we've been doing since September. That's so encouraging. And I know that as I've talked to principals who have been able to step back in, just being with students has just been such a huge encouragement. How have you guys been able to stay connected with your students? Because I know that you are working with mostly remotely with them and your teachers. What are some ways that you've been able to stay connected with them or some new routines you've discovered in this whole process? Well, we already have had a structure in place for, um, you know, personal education, I suppose, is what we call it. So each class group has a class teacher or a class tutor, if you like, and they have, um, you know, twice weekly to get the opportunity to check in with their classes. 
And that gives us a chance to see how they are. It's quite hard to assess how students are behind the screen, you know, but we're lucky we have a guidance counselor who, who is well up on, on tech and is able to, has already formed relationships with them, which allows her to connect in with them too. And at the moment, actually, we're running a challenge. So it's a steps challenge to see who can come up with the most steps. Uh, teachers are involved. I better put my Garmin on and, and go out and do a few steps after this. But, you know, it's quite competitive and quite enjoyable. And it gives us a, a way to connect with, with each other as a, as a school community. Oh, I love that. Now, one of the things I wanted to unpack in this conversation, too, with you, Trey Locke, is, is your work as a leader. And one of the things that I've enjoyed so much about this Principal Matters community is the shared experiences that we all have, whether it's here in the States or it's there with you in Ireland or with listeners in Singapore. We all share very similar experiences, but I would like for you to just unpack for a few minutes. Your master's thesis was on experiences of principals. And can you share some lessons that you've learned from that research that's helped you in your own practice? Well, the reason I went about it, Will, actually, was to see if other principals' experiences were pretty much the same as mine. So the context that I'm, I'm working in is in immersion education. So we teach through the language of Irish, which, you know, you could describe as a minority language in Ireland now. It, it wasn't always that way. Um, and I wanted to see if those principals who were in perhaps isolated Gaeltacht areas, where we only speak Irish, had the same experience as, as I do, um, and I can confirm that it was pretty well much the same uh, with a few things that stood out as well in the sense that no one of us, if you like, had the same pathway or, or um, training pathway to becoming a school leader, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I recommended at the end was to say, well, maybe we could look at that and maybe more of a pathway could be provided to prepare people a bit better for when they get into the role. Um, so that, that was an interesting factor. Another one was just there was maybe a, a certain inconsistency in the way that they were being getting their um, CPD, their continued continuous professional development. So again, I thought maybe all of the training bodies could collaborate a bit more and serve these principles that bit better, you know, depending on their needs, really. That's so fascinating. And it reminds me of some research that I was privy to just a couple of years ago. I was at a um, a conference with the National Association of Secondary School Principals, and there was a professor there who had done about a year or 18 months of research on the principal experience. And one of the things that he said, Trey Locke, and I'm curious if this resonates with your experience too, but one of the things that surprised him was the competing interests that principals are always asked to consider in school leadership. And for him, he was looking at it from the perspective of, of um, policy. And so he was saying, you guys have so many constraints or challenges with local policies, state policies, federal policies. And so I'm just curious in your experience um, in Ireland, do you run into those same tensions uh, when you're trying to consider decisions that you're making for your kids? And I'm sure that may have even played out during COVID. No doubt. It's, it's actually interesting that you mentioned COVID, Will, because one of, I mentioned political footballs, there's a huge issue at the moment with students who are taking state exams because effectively, the leaving certificate, as they call it in Ireland, has become a pathway into third level or university uh, studies. So you, the, the number of points you, you, you collect in your final exams is the means for you to get into to third level college effectively. So that is an issue in terms of policy, because, you know, there is research that, that says that down through the years, teachers have tended to teach to the exam 
and neglected aspects of the education because, you know, that was what was required. That was what parents expected. The system allowed for that. Now, I'm not saying for a second that teachers forgot about the educational side of, of things, but when things are geared to an exam and when you get into that way of thinking without perhaps professional support to help you to, you know, learn about your practice, that's the way it's going to go. So that that is a big issue in Ireland at the moment. And we're trying to trying to sort of figure it out and look at another way, because a lot of what they do in their final exams is in the final exam. It's not so much um, done on a continuous basis. So if you're sick on the day of your last exam, um, you have no way out, no no means by which to, to recoup what you didn't manage to get in your results. You'll have to repeat the year. So that, that's just not fair. And I think a new system is going to come about very soon. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I think that is a common experience that all principals face, which is that competing interest that comes through those examinations. And it's just, um, it's interesting to me, Treylock, because I've had so many conversations here with principals about their concerns that teachers are being pushed towards instruction based on those exams versus what standards and learning that they really want students to know. Um, I would love to talk a little bit about um, student voice and student immersion, but before I do, I, I, I have several people who listen to this program as aspiring leaders. And so before we move away from the principal experience, Treylock, I'm just curious, because this is a question I would always ask as an aspiring leader to a practicing leader, which which was, what's one of the bigger challenges that you face in leadership that, that was different from, for instance, being in the classroom? I think the initial impression I had of leadership was one of workload. And, and, and you've referred to this many, many times. I know that you referenced it in, in, your, in your great latest book, um, and the pressure it puts on your relationships and things, workload. I, I actually had no idea how much there was to be to do as a principal. Um, my predecessor would have taken a lot of the heat, would have taken a lot of the workload, and I would have focused maybe on compar- compartmentalized areas such as, you know, recruitment, maybe um, timetabling, um, substitution areas that that you know you just do on a day to day basis, but. The magnitude of the work um, was mind-blowing. And what I've learned, I think, is just that you have to park it, that you have to, um, there was almost a pun in that, the park or park it. Um, you, you, you have to leave work at work, if at all possible. Someone gave me a good trick one time, which was that when you lock the door of your office, you're actually leaving work there. And that's when you start to switch off your, your brain um, and you make yourself maybe accountable for what it is that you're doing. So for an aspiring leader, I think be prepared. I, I, I'd look to get a good handle on what to expect. Let there be no surprises and get your training in as soon as you can to get you ready. Get your head around what it is that you'd like to achieve. Mm, that's such good advice. And I think you're right. And for anyone that's stepping from the classroom into school leadership, or really even from one level of leadership, like when you were a deputy into the pr- role of principal, there's there's a learning there's learning that happens there too. And so it never stops. Every time you move into a new position of any type, there's always that additional learning that has to happen until you can figure out how to manage all those things. So take it, take small bites, you know, take it one step at a time, um, do what you can do. Remember what you can control and what you can't control. Those are all really good takeaways, Treylock. Any other things you want to add to that before I transition? I think it's just an interesting idea. I think the relationship I have with my deputy principal is, a, is an essential element. 
Um, I would have had a very good relationship with my predecessor as principal. But again, it was more of a mentor-mentee relationship. I think this one is perhaps more on an equal level where our strengths are different, but they they complement each other. So I'm very, very lucky that I have somebody I can count on, I can bounce ideas off. And, it's, and really, I have a senior leadership team that I can depend on. Um, that said, a, a small caveat to that would be perhaps I should have invested a little bit more in distributing the leadership prior to COVID-19. Um, looking back, I would have preferred to have been able to you know, leave it out to other people a bit more than taking so much of the load on myself. So lesson learned, you know, definitely distribute a bit more. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you for that takeaway, because I think all of us can look at experiences in hindsight and realize um, where we had strengths, but also where we needed to grow. And so understanding and realizing how to distribute that leadership and how to delegate, how to share that is powerful. I know that your school is committed to students having active voices, and I would love for you to unpack that a little bit for us as well. Yeah, I think in, in a traditional sense, you know, every school has a student council of, of some sort, um, and we invested quite a bit of time in that, and, you know, it became an element of one teacher's post of responsibility in that structure to, to drive that on and allow them to have more of an input, um, you know, because that's in our remit. Um, but there was a project a few years ago involving one of our state bodies for, for curriculum and assessment and another body who provide training for the junior cycle here. So they combined not, not so much to give students a voice in the day-to-day -day running of the school, but to actually give them a voice in what happens in the classroom. So allowing them maybe to co-create, to co-construct um, lessons and so on, maybe success criteria, things like that. And that's what we would have focused on. We were delighted to be involved in that project. And it's amazing to think that two of the teachers involved in that are two of our senior leaders now who have a grasp on where education is going. That, that you know, students aren't just along for the ride. They actually have a say in, in, in you know, where the sat-nav is going to take us. And, and I think that's a healthy thing. And I think it gives young people it recognizes the potential that they have, uh, Will. I, I, I really think we, we haven't yet managed to mine the potential of young people in any shape or form so far. I think you're right. And as in, you know, when I rewind the clock back to March when schools were closing and people were having to make really difficult decisions about graduation ceremonies or student activities or what to do in lieu of those things, the principals that I talked to who seemed to navigate that best, and I'm not saying anyone did it perfectly, but the ones who seemed to navigate it best were the ones that seemed to rely heavily on their students for feedback. They weren't just simply making those decisions and then passing it along. They were asking for feedback so that at least if the decision was unpopular, it had been one that had been vetted with the kids first. And I just think there's so, so much power, like you said, in making sure that at the end of the day, we realize that all of our decisions affect them more than anyone. So how do we make sure we include them in, in those decisions. Any additional thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, it definitely affects them. No, maybe there's a, um, a, a school of thought which says, well, they, they couldn't quite grasp the concept of what it is that education could be. Um, I'm not sure I buy that. I think that it takes time for people to come around to the type of culture you're trying to push and create and co-create, I, I guess is how I describe it. Um, 
I think we can give young people a lot of credit. We've, we've taken to getting a lot of feedback from our students in during this particular lockdown. It's very easy. You create a form on Microsoft Forms and they can give you the feedback and then you can go back and ask them what they really thought. And we can have a meeting just like this uh, and talk it out. So I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think it's very important to find out where they're at and what they what their needs are. I love that. And I love the term that you used co-leading because they are co-leaders in the work that we're doing. And let's wrap up this conversation with a little bit more information about immersive immersion education, which I know has been important for you in your school leadership. I'm not sure I'm by any means an expert on it, Will, to be very honest. I, I began my master's thesis in 2018. Um, and because I work in a Grailsoft area, it's, it's a given that the students have the Irish language. So there, there was never a whole lot that we needed to do to, to help them to learn through that language. Um, but what I didn't probably grasp or realize was how much I had to learn about what was the best way to teach them and to, to give them the best education possible. So I've learned an awful lot in the last two years, in particular from you know, colleagues of yours in, in America, where there's quite a lot of, of immersion education going on with, with people with Spanish, maybe their parents might have Spanish or whatever it might be. But the lecturers I've had on the course, um, I, I'm thinking of TJ O'Callaghan, I'm thinking of Murish O'Leara. I mean, these guys really have an insight into what is required. Um, and I'm still learning and I'm hoping that my, I'm hoping to pursue doctorate studies uh, this year in 2021. I'm going to put in an application and see if I can pursue that further and learn even more. Uh, well, Treylock O'Linard, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and supporting your kids and students. And I know that I have the privilege of connecting with you, but I would love for Principal Matters listeners to know where they can find your school website or how they might reach out to you if they want to learn more about your school or even more about immersion learning or student voice. Well, I, I, the best place to find me, I suppose, is Twitter, Will. Um, my handle is not is probably a little bit unwieldy. It's my first name, at Treylock. Um, but, you know, if you put in T. Olinard, which is my my surname and first initial, you, you'll find me too. Um, and I'm sure you'll reference the name of the school uh, in your in your podcast. I will. Afterwards. And I'll also yeah. reference your Twitter handle in this post that accompanies this podcast. Well, Treylock, thank you so much for letting me reach out to you to hear of your experience there in your wonderful community. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up this conversation? Um, not particularly, Will. I mean, I, I, I would say that the probably the most influential aspect of education that's on my mind at the moment is action research and self-study. Mm -hmm. It's an area that really appeals to me. It's an area that I've sort of fallen into, I'm, I'm involved in a, a network called NERI, N-E-A-R-I, in Ireland, the Network for Education Action Research, which is run by four ladies, actually. Um, and their latest book, which is to do with enhancing classroom practice, is an eye-opener. And I, I keep going back to it, and I keep saying, if we look at our own practice, if we're, if we're reflective, you can get a lot out of it. It's tough going. It's not easy to look deep into the the mind shaft of your practice. But if you can do that, I think you can learn a lot about what you need to do. Mm, powerful takeaways. Well, Treylock, thank you so much. Stay in contact, please. I check my downloads every week and I get occasional emails from people, but podcasting is 
is so different than anything I've ever done because you're always speaking to an audience that you believe is there, but you don't always get to see the faces until someone reaches out. So this is just, uh, just makes my heart so happy. To, yeah, to I, with you. no doubt. Look, I, I'm, I'm connected in, into a number of organizations in Ireland and one of them is the National Association for Principals and Deputies. And a few people in there have picked up on your podcast for out for a walk. You know, what I like about it is you can put in a search. You can say, what do I need this evening? What happened today? What do I need to tap into? And you can almost uh, access it. I really enjoyed your your one. I don't, I mean, I know where time is against me, but the, the latest one, one of the latest ones with, with Colonel, I can't remember his, his surname, but I, I thought that whole, that concept really stayed with me about tactical, operational, and strategic. Yeah, with Colonel because, Brad Rutman. That was amazing. Yeah. I just thought as a sum up and as a way to approach something, it, it really stuck with me. Um, and there, there was a double episode on that. So that was that was impressive. So yeah, thank you, he, Will, for, for coming into our lives in Ireland. It's been it's been a pleasure. Well, let's stay connected, my friend. I hope you have a great day. Take care of that wonderful boy of yours. For sure. And you too. And all my best to your, your family and all. Thank oh, you, Will. you as well. Wait, I have to say goodbye correctly. Or should I say good luck? Let's see. How do you say beer? Bu- How do you say that? Beer bua. Beer bua, Treylock. Thank you, Will. Slán gabhol. Slán. Principal Matters listeners, thank you for this time that you've spent learning together with me and with my principal friend from across the ocean. Treylock, I look forward to staying in connection with you and Principal Matters listeners. Thanks for doing what matters. And we'll talk to you next week. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.